This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, an influential think tank called The Third Way has just issued a report on the skill shortage in the United States, and they have a number of takeaways, and one of them I thought was particularly interesting. It says, many jobs with shortages don't require a college degree, but do require training and a credential. Stigma, poor delivery of information to students, and a focus on four-year degrees push too many people away from these jobs. So the question is, are too many people going to the four-year university instead of getting a useful two-year credential from a community college? And to discuss this question, I have with me Eric Hanyashek, a senior fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. Uh, Rick, thanks for joining me on Education Exchange. Uh, let me ask you this question. Is there too many kids going to the university? So frankly, I don't think we know how to answer that question. Um, this has been a question put forward by lots of the drumbeat that we have to improve our K-12 schools, and the way to do that is to set the goal that everybody has college-ready standards, and out of that, people have said, well, we're making everybody ready for college. Um, I don't think we're doing that, but I think but focusing on are we having too many in college is somewhat the wrong question. What we should be focusing on is are we preparing students with the best set of skills for whatever they do, whether it's college or not? Well, okay, but let's say I'm a parent and I have a child who's trying to make a choice between going to a two-year college or a four-year college. And the four-year college is going to cost more. It's going to take more time. Uh, probably have to borrow money to go to college and pay for all of that. Two-year college, tuition is usually less. You can usually find one right in the neighborhood. Um, how, do you choose, how do you make this decision? Well, first we have to define what the two-year college is. It turns out that two-year colleges are wildly different across the United States and even across some states. Some of them are really vocational schools providing uh, skills for industry and, and basic skills, and others of them are ones that are college prep. They're leading toward academic preparation that is in line with exactly what you'd get in the four-year school. It's just that they only do two years of it. Okay, but how about those two-year programs that are preparing you for a vocation? Maybe, you know, a carpenter or a plumber or... It seems like we always have a shortage of skilled labor in the construction industry. Uh, are we doing... Are we putting so much emphasis on that four-year degree that we aren't preparing enough kids to go into the kinds of jobs that are out there? People want them, there's a need for them, and there's not an adequate supply of them. So I think we do need to train more people in a wider range of skills, but that hasn't been really what the current debate has been about. The current debate, in my opinion, has largely been we've got a group of people that aren't all that employable, because they don't have any skills 
uh, academic or vocational. And if they didn't get the academic skills, well, maybe we can teach them to be a plumber and they'll have a good uh, job. The problem with that view of the world is that almost all occupations, including electricians and plumbing, plumbers, have changed dramatically in the past and will continue to change. And we have to make sure that the people that get these skills, in fact, are prepared for a world that's going to be different than today. Well, in Europe, they have set up whole training programs that some kids go into, the decisions made somewhere in high school, that they're going to go into a more vocational track, other people are going to go more in a university-oriented track. And the Germans have developed this system in a very sophisticated way, and they seem to be doing very well with that kind of a system, or, or, or haven't they? Do you, how has it worked out with a more organized educational system than the one that we have? Well, absolutely. Germany is usually the example given, but Austria and uh, Switzerland and some other European countries are very similar in that they have a highly developed vocational system and includes a lot of interactions with businesses through apprenticeship programs. Germany came through the 2008 recession with very low unemployment, particularly unemployment rates of youth were less than 10%, where if you looked at Spain, the unemployment rate of youth was 50%. And much of Europe and now the U.S. looked at Germany and said, ah, it must be their educational system that's preparing them for this and that's making the difference. So it sounds to me pretty convincing that if they were able to keep unemployment down, they were doing a better job of preparing people for the jobs that were needed out there. I think the answer is that the state of aggregate unemployment was not a function of the current schooling system, but in fact it was more a function of macroeconomic policies that were in aggregate demand in these different countries. The issue of the vocational system and whether we can replicate that in the U.S., now that we see that Germany has done so well, is the one that I think that you wanted to talk about. Germany has spent 50 years developing a system that's a highly structured system. It involves making choices in the, at the end of grade four about whether people will be in the vocational track or the um, academic track, and then they go to separate schools, but they spend a lot of time actually going to academic schools along with any vocational work they do. So even the vocational <coughs> training programs have a good deal of academic work included within their instructional program. Absolutely, absolutely. And what you see is that youth coming through the vocational training programs in Germany do have, and particularly the apprenticeship programs, have good job opportunities, often arranged through the company that they got their apprenticeship with. This is in a country that is heavily unionized, heavily regulated, so that getting a certificate in a particular field has a real value because that's of the regulations and the operations of the labor market. 
they have very broadly based apprenticeship programs that go into white collar occupations, engineering jobs, uh, bookkeeping jobs, banking jobs, a variety of other jobs. And it sort of works in their highly regulated labor market. But, don't, but aren't we moving in that direction? Uh, it, it seems like we're adding certification requirements all the time to all kinds of occupations in the United States. And uh, we have a, a lot more you know, limited access into particular fields than once was the case. So given that, don't we need to create some of those same educational props that the, the Germans have put into place? Well, we are moving a little bit more toward regulation of the labor market. But the real focus that I would like to give this discussion is talking about the whole picture of the German apprenticeship program. Uh, what the German vocational and apprenticeship program does is prepare people for today's jobs quite well, in part because they're working in today's firms. But over time, these firms change. The production processes change. If we think of the old um, way that we produced automobiles on the assembly line with people running around with wrenches, that isn't the way cars are produced anymore. They're produced by robots that are run by people that are sitting behind computers. And the question is, in uh, all of this future work and automation and robotization and so forth is are the workers prepared to change what they're doing? Are they prepared to adapt to new production technologies, to new job demands? What you see in Germany, the example again of the best apprenticeship and vocational training program in the world, is that those who have vocational training start leaving the labor market and being unemployed and leaving the labor market much earlier than those that have general training. At about age 50, people with general training, the same number of years of schooling, the same measured uh, smarts in, a, in achievement, those with general training tend to be in the labor market and productively employed more frequently than those that went through vocational training. So you're saying that the very general educational system we have with lots of second chances and you can get to the university either directly out of high school or you can get there through the community colleges or you can go back for training somewhere in mid-career. All that flexibility in our educational system is to be preferred. That uh, this is the way the economy is going to go is through constant change. Jobs are going to come, jobs are going to go, and you've got to have this incredible flexibility to our educational system if you're going to accommodate the needs of the workforce of the future. I'm saying that and a little bit more. I'm saying that having the broad general skills, but having high levels of skills are important. One of the biggest problems we have in today's labor market is a group of people that formerly had what we called good middle-class jobs are scraping around today because automation has replaced them. And these are people that did not get the skills sometime in the past, did not keep up 
and get retraining along the way and all of a sudden find that they don't have the skills and they're kind of old to learn a new new trick. They're kind of old dogs. And this is one of the big problems we have with the hollowing out of the middle of our labor force today. That's what we have to avoid in the future. So you're saying the real shortage is with the highest qualified people in the United States. If we could have a higher percentage of our population extremely well qualified at higher levels than most people are achieving today, that is the way we need to move our educational system. So I think that would be good to have more really highly skilled, but I'm saying it's a broad, much broader than that. When you look at comparisons of where U.S. students are in basic math and science skills, as you and I have done in, in our past work, you see that the U.S. students uh, are somewhere around 30th in the world in terms of the skills. So if you take a math problem and walk it around the world, our 15-year-olds come out 30th in the world. Um, and it's those skills not that everybody needs to solve Algebra 1 problems on the job, but that everybody needs to have the analytical background that's required to solve those Algebra 1 problems because that's what's going to pay off in the future is having that set of general cognitive skills that allows them to adjust. So you're saying an agile mind is much more valuable at age 22 or age 52 than having a specific set of skill sets that a particular industry needs. I think that's a good summary of what I'm saying. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been speaking with uh, Eric Hendershek, Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution. This is Paul Peterson on Education Exchange. Thank you for joining me.